I have a terrible confession to make, Josh Helmer. Oh, yeah? In this world of now being part of the SEC, 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 I was violently rooting for Michigan to win that game. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know why. I, I don't know why. All Big Ten battle in the uh, title. That's right. Here. Look at that. Who said the SEC was the power? It's obviously the Big Ten. The uh, funny thing about this is going to be Washington winning the national championship and the Big Ten turning around and claiming it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't think that if Texas would have won it, the SEC would have claimed it? It's kind of funny. We're watching all the highlights this morning, as you typically do. I still don't think I want my team to draft J.J. McCarthy. No, uh, I, I I think that uh, of the – well, I don't know. I mean, probably – you tell me. Would you rather have McCarthy or Milrow? Michael Penix. Is <laughs> well, he's – yeah. But he in those two. a lot of money. Yeah, and those two, McCarthy. You're right. That's fair. But uh, he's definitely, I mean, wouldn't you say third on the list of the four? Sure. And, I, hey, right now in the NFL, that's what we're looking for is that fourth quarterback in the draft. Everyone knows that Williams is going to go one. Uh, Drake May is going to go two or three. I mean, if, if you're sitting there at two and you're, who is it, Arizona, that could be at two, and they're talking about, you know, how they're going to go get Marvin Harrison Jr., Boy, what a weapon he'd be for Ty, uh, Kyler Murray. Well, and I don't think there's any doubt. Not that it wasn't this way before, but definitely more so now. Teams are going to be shuffling up the board to try to get Michael Penix. After, yeah. what, he, after what he did a couple of times this season versus Oregon and obviously versus Texas, I mean, the, the, a couple of the passes that he made, I get that it was a Texas secondary that wasn't great. Uh, at least statistically going in, right? Right. But, I mean, a couple of those throws, Odunze and Penix Jr., it was NFL to NFL. It was amazing, the throws he was making last night. Well, let's get into it, shall we? Um, it's time for the top five stories of the day. And as always, it's brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, the off-track betting in Newcastle Casino, conveniently located off I-44, exit 107. Front Row Sports Bar has monthly drink specials, and they have Kitchen 44 that's located at Newcastle Casino. Become a new member at Newcastle Casino and earn up to $250 in bonus play. NewcastleCasino.com, big story. Number five. Number five. All right, um, Josh, OU basketball. Now, I'm on the road. Tomorrow's show will be live from Provo, Utah. I think we're at the Marriott in Provo, Utah. But um, OU women's basketball on the road after they took care of business, getting their first conference win and their first conference game of the year. So uh, a much-needed win. Breaks a three-game losing streak. So kudos to Ginny Bronchek's crew. I'm going to see if Coach will come on with us. They have a shoot-around during the show tomorrow, but we'll see if we can't get Coach on during that. Uh, meanwhile, OU men take care of business against Monmouth, 72-56. to So after their loss in North Carolina, they win two straight games heading into its conference opener, 26 points. No, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing. 13 points for Otega Owe, four Sooner in double figures, including Jalen Moore, who had 21 points. Oklahoma took care of business, shot the ball pretty well from the field, too. Uh, and they beat up on Monmouth, 
who usually is in the NCAA tournament, right? Everyone's like, I'm going to pick Monmouth to win in an upset in the first round. Yeah, well, it definitely feels like, yeah, they have been on a, a decent number of occasions. 72 to 56. So, all right, Josh. Let's get serious. Let's get serious. Let's roll up the sleeves. Let's get to work. It's Big 12 basketball season. Saturday, 5 p.m. inside the Lloyd Noble Center, Oklahoma and Iowa State. I'm going. I'm going to the game Saturday. It, uh, I'm taking the kiddos. Should be a good one. Uh, again, 5 o'clock tip. That's January 6th, this Saturday. For Oklahoma and Iowa State, and the Sooners will hit the road a week from Wednesday, a week from tomorrow, for a showdown with TCU down in Fort Worth. But conference season is upon us in both men's and women's basketball. Hey, meanwhile, one other note, because you know me, big wrestling guy now. Sure. I was following the Southern scuffle. Um, Oklahoma performed well. Sooners head into day two of the Southern scuffle in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, with six semifinalists, it's tied for the second most among all attending teams. Oklahoma will have 14 wrestlers still alive for today's competition. You can follow it at Soonersports.com. I like it. Tate Picklow is looking for his third individual tournament title this season. He's rolling in 174. Good to see him getting back on track. All right. Um, Anything else from the weekend OU-wise that you saw that we need to hit on? No, but I am so excited for that uh Iowa State game coming up this week, and I'm just ready to watch this team start embarking upon this Big 12 schedule where Porter and company, they finally have some momentum, but uh, you really just can't overstate the importance of keeping that going in uh, conference play. All right, big story number four. Number four. OKC back in action tonight. Um, To quickly update you on how things are going for the Thunder right now, the answer would be good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, they're really playing good ball. I thought of all the things that happened that have kind of happened over the the quote-unquote break, I don't know if there was maybe a more impressive performance than their win over the Nuggets mm-hmm. to where they, they not only beat them, but they kind of beat them into submission, 119-93. And ever since losing to the Lakers, in a game that the Lakers dubbed they must win, and I don't know if the Lakers have won since <laughs> – <laughs> they played well that day. I mean, this team makes no sense to me. But the Thunder have won three straight games, and they take on one of the best teams in the East in the Boston Celtics tonight at 7 o'clock. Playing well, man. Yeah, and I don't think there's any doubt at this point that OKC will be one of the top seeds in the West, assuming, knock on wood here, good bill of health the That's rest right. of the way. Then uh, I think they're going to finish up there. And the the question's just going to come down to, okay, we haven't seen this young core in the playoffs, what do they look like? Can they advance in the postseason? That's that's now the question remaining for them because there's no doubt that they're going to be a part of that, a fixture of that, I feel like, going forward. They're a game and a half out of the top seed in the West. They might be the number one seed. It's not it's not unfeasible. I feel pretty good about my prediction then from uh, last year before that playing game one, between the Thunder and the Pelicans. One half of it looks pretty good. Pelicans, uh, they're safely in the playoffs right now. If the season were to end before the halfway point <laughs> – of the year. By the way, as it stands right now, do you know who's kind of a sneaky good team in the NBA? It's the Houston Rockets. Like they're of course, let me rephrase that. They're not terrible. They're not terrible. They're so not winning a, 7 games this year. Right. Uh, and kudos to the Detroit Pistons who broke their 27 game losing streak 28. With a win. Oh, it got up to 28, didn't it? My bad. And uh they won and then they proceeded to get smoked. Uh, in their next game. Wow. I mean, come on. Extended celebration. Big story number three. 
number three. All right, much to the dismay of Lindsay, who says no one listens to this show for NFL talk. Uh, hold your ears for like two and a half minutes here. Yes. We um, earmuffs, earmuffs, just for two minutes. I don't know what's going on in Philadelphia, man. I have I have no idea what's going on in Philadelphia right now. But they made a change in defensive coordinator three weeks, four weeks ago now. Still can't stop anyone. Kyler Murray looked awesome on Sunday. Looked awesome on Sunday. And wasn't uh, wasn't he sick before the game? That or? was a rumor. There, the, yeah, he was questionable. Yeah, that was the rumor. So kudos to um, kudos to the Cardinals who got a win. Yep, nice win for them. Cowboys, man, right there. One seed set. Ravens, the one in the AFC. And the 49ers, Niners. Yeah, the one in the NFC. I don't By know. virtue of their win and Philly's loss. Did you see the video where Mike Silver uh, was holding his phone up and Debo Samuel and them were watching the Cardinals beat the Eagles? <laughs> they were standing outside the locker room, and I guess Silver was interviewing him. He's like, you know, it's coming down to the wire in Philadelphia. And they're like, really? And he pulled it up on their phone, and they were watching it whenever cool. the, the Cardinals uh, beat them. I bet they were shocked. I think they were shocked. Yeah. I think they were shocked. So here's – because the NFL has a weird final week schedule, here's what it looks like. And by that I mean they put two games on Saturday, but they don't really put two games that mean too terribly much, right? The, the Saturday games, I think last year they put the Chiefs and the Raiders on Saturday. But for week 18, the final week of the season. Steelers-Ravens is uh, important. For the Steelers, right? Well, but for everybody else, too. Because the the Steelers could... If if Buffalo loses and the Steelers and Jacksonville win, Buffalo's out. That's wild to me. So it uh, no, it has importance you know for the rest of the weekend. I, I will, I will, I will one eighty. You're absolutely right. It's not like the Chiefs and the Raiders they put on. I think they put the Jaguars on Saturday last year. This matters, and I don't, I don't think it's just. Uh, we'll see who all plays mm-hmm. for Baltimore, but uh, I think even minus Lamar Jackson, they're capable of winning the game depending on the skill guys that play so Steelers and Ravens will be a Saturday game at 3 30 on ESPN and then that primetime game has interest too, Houston at Indy because the winner of that is still very much alive and in the playoff mix right the loser is out who do uh, you like to win that game CJ Stroud came back this week you notice that he didn't look all that great you but know, he, uh getting knocking the rust off last week will help for this Saturday. He didn't look all that great, but my gosh, Tennessee is terrible. What happened to the Titans? Remember whenever everyone is telling, best roster constructed in the NFL. Bill Belichick 2.0. Here he is. I mean, ugh. Gotta uh, have a great quarterback, man. So, I don't know, dude. I, w- I really am rooting for Houston, though. And then the Sunday night football game is for the AFC East. Uh, Buffalo and Miami. Which, again, by the time that game s- snaps... Snaps, kicks off, snaps. Uh, Buffalo may be in the playoffs, just kind of the way Regardless that of, yeah, what happens. But the AFC East, the winner of that game, will get that two uh, home team and the two seed. <laughs> that is what a wild week for Bills fans, from potentially being the two seed to potentially being out of the playoffs. Well, how about a month ago where they were at to, uh, to now? Big story, number two. Number two. Now, there were more bowl games yesterday, Josh Helmer, than just the four-team playoff. Um, And maybe this gives us an opportunity in a non-sooner way to kind of look back at what we learned from the bowl games. Um, 
this this debate is for tomorrow's show. I don't necessarily know, and I know Parker had a really good tweet about it, and Gabe had asked the question. I don't know if we need to have that guaranteed spot for the group of five or whatever they're going to be called. And I know that's me as one of the biggest group of five fans you could ever possibly find. And maybe it's unfair because Florida State got beat just as – got beat worse than Liberty did. But, I mean, I don't – Yeah, I don't know that we need it either, but – I don't think it's going anywhere. There will come a year where it provides some fireworks. I agree. So don't let the Oregon Liberty game totally turn you off to the idea of it. And it's not that it was a massive blowout. It's just you could tell from the first drive of that game that, yeah, Liberties they've they've got nothing right now for Oregon. Absolutely nothing. And I looked at college basketball a little bit here in the sense that, okay, if I uh, – in it's a horrible comparison, but just follow for a little bit, right? If I told you that Gonzaga couldn't go to the NCAA tournament, oh, yeah. you I know, mean, however many years ago, almost 30 now, now Gonzaga's a national power, and they, they're not in a power conference, but a lot of that was built on they got in, they made runs in the tournament, and uh, year by year by year they started attracting top talent. Is that going to happen for a group of five or whatever we're going to call the non-power uh, four programs moving forward? Okay, I don't know, but that – the, the entrance to the college football playoff at least allows that possibility to develop. Now, Josh, I know someone caught your eye from the bowl game that you were watching closely and a dude that we're going to see here in Norman. Second down and eight. Tennessee at the 18-yard line. Nico throws down the sideline to Castle, catches, gets to the five, and into the end zone for a Tennessee touchdown. Uh, Tennessee's... Nico Yama Leava. Very good. Um, September 21st, they'll be coming here, and they look really good in their bowl win over Iowa yesterday. They did, and uh, that's that's the best a quarterback has handled, that defense. J.J. McCarthy, Drew Aller included. Now, okay, you tell me uh, the quarterback. But still, for a true freshman to go out and really not panic the way that he did, I, I thought was pretty impressive. But, again, with true freshman quarterbacks, let's not get too high, let's not get too low comparing Nico Iamaleava versus, say, a Jackson Arnold or others. There's going to be, I would imagine, bumps down the road for Nico, but that was a pretty impressive debut against a very good defensive team. Sampson the tailback. Nico under center. Nico, play fake, rolls out to the left, looks for the end zone. Looks, that was going to take off running. Close to dives. Touchdown, Tennessee. Nico Iamaliava, his third rushing touchdown of the day. I don't even know if he's saying it right, to be honest with you. Nico Iamaliava. Works for me. Notice he just says Nico incessantly. Well, that was the funniest part of the postgame deal. You know, they always have to do the the sponsorship from right. – well, in this instance, the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl, and you bring up the CEO of Cheez-It, and then you've got the bowl committee and this and that, and it was so funny. The sideline reporter at the end of it, she didn't even attempt to say his last name. She just said, and give it up for our MVP, Nico. <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> it took me – I was watching it, and at one point I turned to my son and I showed it to him, like, how would you say that? He's like, I just wouldn't. I am Lieva. <laughs> I do you know he was a top volleyball recruit? I did. That's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, that was uh, something I wrote about recently. But uh, yeah, he 
He was uh, like a superstar volleyball recruit. I don't really know if there was anything else, just real quickly, from the non-national uh, championship semifinals. Uh, Ole Miss beating Penn State. I kinda, a lot of people feel like – was a good win. Well, a lot of people feel like with Dart and what they've done in the portal that look out, is Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, are they ready to take – a step toward the top of the SEC next year. I have a question. Does Dart still have eligibility left? Dude's been in college for like 50 years. <laughs> well, I think he's coming back. Are he? you serious? How could that guy have any eligibility left? Oh, and someone had said uh, earlier on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, uh, didn't Quinn Ewers announce that he was turning pro? Um, yeah, Dart's coming back. How does he have any eligibility left? Well, what am I saying? It's 2024 in college football. It never makes any sense. Uh, Quinn Ewers has not made an official announcement. There's been a lot of speculation. Uh, in fact, if you go, I think we started a show about a month ago where Quinn Ewers, the rumor got out that Quinn Ewers was coming back. And then there was quickly like a correction from like Pete Thamel or somebody. It's like, uh, while the leaning towards coming back, no official decision has been made for Quinn Ewers. So that's still another decision that's very much up in the air. It's a big time College football tectonic play. So, w- big story number one is obviously the the, the four team playoff, right? Uh, from what happened last night. But instead of that, there is there's a little bit of breaking news involving OU and and some portal talk. So let's let's make that big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. And then when we come back, we'll go through all the highlights and the sound that we have before one final chance uh, check of the text line. Um, our breaking news update. See, I got to get my own little thing. Brought to you by uh, Wagner's Heating, Air Conditioning, Electrical, and Plumbing. We sell the best and service the rest. And this segues right into some uh, transfer portal talk, courtesy of Swiftco. Now, Josh, we talked earlier about the latest addition to the Sooner roster, and that is Jocelyn Malaska. And I believe I'm – I don't know if he goes by Josie or Jossie or – yeah, uh, and I'm pretty sure it's Malaska. We think Malaska, yeah. <laughs> uh, if, they, if it's not, it's one of the more unique pronunciations I've ever seen. Bethany Kidd uh, played a couple years at Utah, mostly on special teams, but has a preferred walk-on where he's joining the Sooners for 2024. Meanwhile, the breaking news. According to his very own Twitter feed, Oklahoma will have an, uh, a visit coming up on the 6th with Nick Scarton who is the top name in the portal on the defensive line right now, the Purdue defensive lineman. Oh, yes. Come on down. This is – I don't – now – That'd be a big big get. Now, you – have you seen much of him? Is there anything that kind of registers? Purdue was so bad that nothing about Purdue (laughs) really registered. But, obviously, they've, you know, potentially, if this comes to fruition, bolstered Oklahoma with a pair of really talented players. Oh, absolutely. Because Burks is a, a big-time receiver. And I think that that kind of helps out a little bit in this whole conversation. Oh, it has right? to. Uh, Scour- and I, I believe it is Scourton, right, is how you say it. He is an edge rusher. He'll make an official visit to Florida State, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M. Um, incredibly effective player. Probably one of the best defensive players on the Purdue roster. And if you're an Oklahoma Sooner fan, this is this is the kind of guy that you've been wanting. Six foot four, two hundred and eighty pound sophomore, was a team captain, ten sacks, fifteen tackles for losses, 
50 total tackles in 11 games. Big, big body. And, I mean, they've just, they've lost, Purdue has lost a little bit of everyone right now. Yeah, it's uh, how you say not going well for Coach Ryan Walters. He, uh, he was just a sophomore last year. Just a sophomore. And now, you know, it's, I, I guess I find this interesting, and all I could assume is that everything is correct here. But what is what is Parker always said? Hey, you wanna you wanna get that shot? Get that last shot. And in judging by what was tweeted, Oklahoma gets the last visit. Yeah, that's nice. He's going to A and M on the third. Uh, what I assume that's tomorrow. <laughs> Florida State on the fourth, Missouri on the fifth, and Oklahoma on the sixth. So. Let's go. Let's go. This is the kind of guy that Oklahoma absolutely, positively needs. To add to that, add to that defensive line depth. You're you, you're losing Bothroyd. You're losing Trace Ford. Right, PJ, a uh, little bit older, maybe ready. Another to year roll. of Adeboire, and you know Ethan Downs another season. But you you add a guy that has that kind of production. Oh, it's. It's vital, and if there's a defensive tackle out there that Oklahoma could bring in too, then okay, we're we're cooking a little bit. I still think they need one more offensive lineman out of the portal, based on what we saw in the bowl game. So offensive, you know, offensive guard or somebody on the interior. So uh, Nick Scourton will visit A and M, Florida State, Missouri, and Oklahoma, and Oklahoma will get the final shot. Pretty cool. Making some moves, perhaps. Hey, meanwhile, two other notes. Uh, Mrs. Love points out he is from College Station. Don't care. Don't care, Mrs. Love. We <laughs> hey, get look, the final uh, shot. For some TFLs and sacks and uh, an SEC championship, we can we can forgive that. Did you did you notice one thing Alabama did after the game last night? They started they started pushing that gotta give more to the collectives. I found it to be fascinating. It's like, wow, that's the world we live in. You lose a game, and all of a sudden, it's like, where's your money? We need more money to win. We need more money. Oh, Alabama. Alabama's doing that. That's crazy. All right. Um, we're doing a timeout. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. John, we, we, we said PJ Adebowale is one of those guys coming back. That can another year of to, experience. Yeah, another year of experience, and their PJ's not going anywhere. And is that right? Trace Ford has another year of eligibility? How do these guys have all these years of eligibility? COVID, man. How does Jackson Dart? How does Dylan Gabriel have another year of eligibility? How does Trace Ford have another year of eligibility? This is not – and by the way, all of y'all make it more confusing when you then announce that you're turning pro when you, when you don't of, have any eligibility left. When you're out of eligibility. With that said, I'd like to announce I'm turning pro. Were you supposed to? Was that your only option? You don't have any other options, bro. All right, well, so no, then X that Ford leaving, it would be then Bothroyd leaving, and then you would have someone like Nick that could slide in, I think would be, I mean, he would be fantastic anywhere that you put him. Yeah, and that's good news with Ford. All right, quick break. It's Plank Show. When we come back, the highlights from last night right here on The Ref. All right, what's going on, USC Brian? Welcome to the show, man. What's going on, Brian? You know it's always good in the neighborhood. I wanted to personally thank you, my friend, for standing up for me. You didn't have to do that, but, you know, 
Oh. There's always a heretic everywhere to try to uh, ruin your mood, but, you know, it is what it is. I got you, Brian. I got you. But uh, how did you enjoy that butt-whipping of Alabama yesterday? You know, and was, now, the, go ahead. now the score doesn't really tell the tale because I truly believe that Michigan could have run over them a lot worse than they did. They kind of kind of kept him in the game for a little bit, but every time that Milrow would go back, he was getting run over like a like a Mack truck. I mean, you know, he was just getting slammed. And I haven't seen Alabama look that bad since about 2009, and that was one of the early years when uh, the coach had just got there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and. I was wa- I was watching just before the game, Uncle Colin, and Uncle Colin was interviewing Jimmy Johnson. He was talking about you know getting in the Ring of Honor and everything else, and he and he asked him about what what did he think that uh, Saban thought about the portal and everything else, and he said, "I'm going to share something with you," and he said, "I don't know if uh, Saban wants me to say this or not, but it's the truth." He said. He didn't, he said, if he had the chance and he was 10 years younger, he'd go back to the NFL because he said the uh, portal right now is just a really crap show right now. And he said, he said, it's much easier to be in the NFL right now than the uh, college football because he said it's much easier to recruit and take care of your players in pro football. College football, you've got to be recruiting them 24-7, even though you've even gotten them in the in-house. You've got to recruit them 24-7 to keep them in-house. So he says it wears down a lot of people. He said that's why a lot of the coaches and old-time coaches, including Coach K, uh, retired early. Well, in that case. I'll tell you, you know, what, so, and I think that's too in basketball. Why you saw? Well, you mentioned Coach K, but Jay Wright as well, right at Villanova. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, I, 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 everybody keeps talking about Harbaugh leaving. It's not out of the realm of possibility that that Saban leaves too. And you know, who would love to have him as a as a head football coach? I mean, you know, granted. Really, Round one in the NFL did not go well, and I think it sort of left a sour taste in Nick Saban's mouth, and that's why he went back. Yeah, and that's true, but it, dealing with what he has to deal with now, I mean, you know. And he's I won think, so like, much. You know, and I think I think everybody's, everybody's in that wheelhouse where, you know, everybody's, you know, as long as the money's good, everybody will go. I really think Harbaugh is going to end up in San Diego, oh well, San Diego, not the LA Chargers. I always think of San Diego. You and you and just about everybody else. You know, but but you know, I really think he's going to end up there because I also think he's going to go and bring Corwin with him. I, I'm not. I'm, I, I think McCarthy is kind of. He's one of those long shots, but Penix Penix is going to be a top three, at least. Looks like it. I don't. And I think even Drake May is going to fall a little bit when 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 we saw what Penix did yesterday. I mean, he he was unbelievable. 
Yes. And I think that wow. I think that's going to be a look. Thunderdome match between Michigan and Washington. Two men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> and I think that's the way it's going to be. But I just wanted to dedicate that Michigan win to good old Alabama Al, who, who just couldn't get my name right, but he, he tried real hard. But, you know, there's only one of me, <laughs> and there'll always be one of me. So you, you learn to spell my name right because I am your worst nightmare. Thank you very much. Right, Brothers, Chad, have a good have a good week and happy new year. Happy New Year. Merry New Year. Thank you, Brian. I don't think Saban's going anywhere. But I think that's the point. That's what's gonna be very interesting, I think, in the coaching cycles. There are guys that you see that have really embraced this. I think guys like Dan Lanning and the Eli Drinkowitz of the world. How about Brent Venables at Oklahoma. Brent Venables, they they love this. Now, I, I I don't think any of them truly love the wild, wild west nature of the transfer portal. And they everyone wants to, even Eli Drinkowitz wants to make sure that it's streamlined. But they love college football and they accept the new challenge. Ding, ding, ding. Some of these older guys might lead them to retire early, and that's fine. That's fine. But there also might be guys like Ryan Day, maybe Lincoln. That maybe Kalen DeBoer, maybe as he goes through this, he's like, you know, this is hard to compete because even though we're in the Big Ten, we're not going to have the NIL money that we should. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I think it could lead us to Brian's point being one that's fair that you could see more guys jump to the NFL. How does coaches. winning a national championship or not impact things for Harbaugh? Great question. He added Don Yee as his agent. Don Yee is a noted NFL agent. I think he realizes that he went from being almost considered an afterthought in the NFL coaching circles, right? Denver kind of gave him a, all right, come talk to us. Minnesota, the same. But the stock's sky high again. Back up. But you win a national championship and it could be, okay, I've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish at Michigan. Or it could be, we're about to start rolling. Here's the other thing. Did you notice... The story that subtly got dropped in somewhat of a Friday news dump, something that we had told you here on the Plank Show that started to surface. It's about a piece of technology called Catapult. That's the film. That's the way that people get practice tape. And I told you the rumor was that the very first firing from Michigan Took, that nobody talks about now, right? The analyst who got fired for what? Cyber crimes. We thought, what's, what's going on there? We think the worst, right? Well, this is bad. But the rumor had been that that system had been hacked into. And when it was, there were teams that were watching other teams' film, practice film, and things of that nature. And one of those that had been alleged was Michigan. Now, I think Dan Wetzel had the story. He's like, it's not centered on Michigan. There could be some other schools involved. But maybe Jim Harbaugh realizes, I'm going to have a hammer dropped on me if I stick around here. Because sure. I'm going to – he might not know about it. Jim Harbaugh strikes me as a guy that probably doesn't even have a laptop. I'm just saying. But he, he's going to end up being the guy that gets hammered for this. Well, he's the head coach. Did you see Connor Stallions was at the game last night? 
He was in the stands? Yeah, he was in the stands. He was at the game last night. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, I would just say, I think there's – if if it was a perfect world and there wasn't drama circling around Michigan, I think Jim Harbaugh would be the head coach of Michigan for years and years and years. But I also think with battles of the NCA, I think he would like nothing more than to win a national championship, double bird it, Sharon Moore, this is your team, man. You got it. Good luck. I'm off to Los Angeles or Vegas or I don't know who else has an opening out there. Carolina. There'll probably be. I mean, there's going to be a team or two we don't know about yet. That's right. So, fair point. All right, quick break. When we come back, the best of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line and then our Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts all coming up right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hour number three, we are back. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Chris Plank. Right here on the Ref Radio Network, it's the home of Sooner fans. Moppin, roofing, and construction. They've got you covered, Oklahoma. Give Bob Moppin and his team a call, 405-703-3843. Moppin Roofing is a full-service company, family-owned and operated with over 35 years of experience, insurance specialists that can help with fire and flood remediation work fully insured licensed and bonded again that is mop and roofing and construction did you uh by chance catch the albert breer tweet last night oh no what was he complaining about albert breer complains about a lot for someone who has a pretty cool i I just was i was taken aback by this somebody that uh has oh i don't know he's an ohio state guy well that's that's the tweet that shocked me somebody that has nearly three quarters of a million followers tweets gd i hate them go texas go washington (laughs) (laughs) for whatever reason that i I was floored by that you know what i know i'm really getting old man whenever i see people and i I understand I'm, i'm working on my potty mouth i'm working on it but when i see people that just like cuss to cuss it's like what's i like to cuss you know, when it's me and my wife or me and my friends. But, like, what are you really proving by putting it out on Twitter? It's like, it's it's got to be timed. Just to throw it out there like that, it's kind of, all right, we get it. You're so crazy. You used a cuss word, Albert Breer. Ooh, well, do. you know, it's like if you or I, if Texas had won, had, had that sort of response, can, it's okay. Can it's, I, it's pretty unprofessional, is it not? Can I tell you the tweet that still has me tw- uh, triggered? And I've kind of started to reply, and I've and I've deleted it a couple of times. But it was, let's see here. It was the uh, Haxton tweet. Did he did he delete it? I heard you talking about that this morning. What uh, he was just dancing on the grave. Oh, I guess. Oh gosh, no, 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 no. I think he deleted it. So it must have been. Uh, I think I think someone said, "Bro, you probably." But here's the thing. I love Texas Tech. I'm a big Texas Tech guy. Not just because of Tech Tina. West Texas through and through. You always have been. I, I, I almost died in West Texas. So I'm a big West Texas guy. But some Tech fans are like, yeah, bleep you, Texas. Get on out of here, Oklahoma. <laughs> we are better off without you. It's like, uh, hey, Tech. You're begging Texas to continue to play you in a non-conference game. And your athletic director, whom I love, is complaining about the uh, the lack of, what's the best way to put this, follow-through on a handshake agreement. 
I mean, literally throwing a fit about, well, they promised they were still going to play us. They said they were still going to play us. I don't think that you can be in a position to clown them, to try to clown them when you're freaking begging them to keep playing you. And you you got smacked by about a million points the last time you played. Like, what? It's like, yeah, take that, Texas. It's like, get on out of here. Take OU with you. It's like, um, okay, whatever. It's fine. Uh, anyway, yeah, so those two tweets, I guess he took it down because I can't see it anywhere, and I'm only going to scroll back so far. <laughs> That's too disappointing. Albert Breer has stood by his. He stood by his, man. He stayed with his. The Rich Eisen quote tweet of Ryan Day walking through the locker room with his head down is pretty funny. Well, but you got to remember, that's I love that. I love – there's too many NFL people that, that thumb their – is it thumb their nose? Thumb their stick their nose up. Yeah, stick their nose, thumb their chin, whatever it is, at college football. Like, we're so below Mike Florio or any of these guys giving any time to the NFL, to college football. Yeah, it's not not good enough for us. College football is freaking awesome, man. Yeah, that, that part's true. And it, it is uh, it is at its, uh, oh, at its core, it's fun. I am so mad I didn't screenshot that text now or that tweet. Now. I was so triggered. It's like, dude. Listen, you want to talk trash about a team being gone? That's fine. But when you're begging that team to keep playing you so you could fill your stands. You lose that right. I don't really know if you get to still do that. <laughs> Kenneth Meyer Chevrolet, final thoughts will be your text next right here on The Ref. All right, uh, final thoughts is always brought to you by Primrose Funeral Services. Primrose Funeral Service. PrimroseFuneralServices.com. Make sure you pre-plan your memorial service to take that that pain and that sadness uh, out of the hands of your family with 80 years of service they're here to uh, here to help primroseefuneralservice.com 405-321-6000 to the uh, Spartan Sooner I just saw your text and I appreciate that Parker Thune and the the whole crew went down there and, and got all the video from the Under Armour camps and things of that nature I don't try to put too much stock into that. I say that as Parker's walking in. He did a great job, and I read everything and watched everything that he did. But, I mean, I'm glad they look good, and I'm glad they stayed healthy. The last thing I need is a Tony Van Zant situation. Look it up. Uh, from the 918, college football is so much better than pro football, it's not even funny. The two games last night were fantastic. I didn't even watch any pro football games the last two weeks. It uh, has oh, been nice the last several years for the college football playoff semifinals to deliver and look this this will not sit well go ahead uh, philosophically i'm not sure i agree but did the committee get it right from an entertainment standpoint they definitely did it was fantastic games if georgia just wouldn't have dropped the ball in the sec title game <laughs> did they get it right yeah it doesn't help that Florida State got smoked the way that they did, even with all the opt-outs. I mean, with all those opt-outs, if you lose by two touchdowns, I think we're like, ah, that's pretty impressive. When you get beat by 100, that's a problem. But why are you thinking they didn't? No, I think they I, I think they did. Yeah. I, I thought it made them look really smart. I do. I think everything that took place, especially for the casual fan. <laughs> you know, Danny Cannell and, and all of the Florida State honks can say, well, look at this. Look at all these opt-outs. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You think anyone cared about the opt-outs for Oklahoma? No, nobody cares. Go win the game. 
Chapstick. This is the best point of the day, and it's got me thinking, and I'm sure it'll be a topic tomorrow. All of these players staying six and seven years have killed a good chunk of high school recruiting. It'll take another decade for some normalcy to return. Meanwhile, the high school classes of 2021 through 2024, maybe 25, are getting recruited in lower rates, looking on football sports. The programs that manage this best will find success over the next decade. The transfer portal should slow a bit when all the extra players are out of the pipeline. I mean, I'm here to tell you right now, um, this last year was the third year for Jackson Dart at Ole Miss. His third year. He spent a year at USC before that. It's usually when you're like, congrats on a great career. Time for you to move on. <laughs> you don't just magically say, hold on, hold on, I got a redshirt year. I got a COVID year. And he doesn't have a COVID year. So how does he have an extra year? He came in in 21 was his first year. Um, I mean, I still, I get it with Dylan Gabriel. I absolutely get it. But he should be off to the NFL. As should the Woody Washingtons of the world and others. But with the way that the eligibility has worked out, they got another shot. It works in softball too, man. Right? I, I could sit here. We, we probably shouldn't have had Grace Lyons last year. But COVID worked out in our benefit. Same with Kinsey Hansen this year. COVID worked out in Oklahoma's benefit. Same with Kelly Maxwell this year. COVID worked out in their benefit. Sure. But you're absolutely 100% right, Chapstick. It's going to take a lot of work and roster management to figure it out. I am not even kidding. I feel like we have another hour that we need to do. Maybe two. <laughs> Maybe two. I don't even feel like we gave the games justice from last night. The good news is we get to come back and do this all over again tomorrow. The good Lord willing, I'll be in Provo, Utah tomorrow. Steel Man rolling in next with Parker Thune. For Josh, I'm Plank. You guys have a great day. Don't forget, check out the podcast. If you missed any of the show today, go to kref.com or search KREF however you consume podcasts. This is the home of Sooner fans.